songwriter Natalie Merchant singing The Man in the Wilderness. It's from her double CD, Leave Your Sleep. Welcome to Artworks, the program that goes behind the scenes with some of the nation's great artists to explore how art works. I'm your host, Josephine Reed. This week, poetry is on everyone's mind. We just saw the national finals for the 2012 Poetry Out Loud competition which encourages high school students to learn about great poetry through memorization, interpretation, and recitation. Out of a field of 365,000 students, Kristen Dupard, a high school senior from Mississippi, won the 2012 Poetry Out Loud competition and its grand prize of $20,000. So what does this have to do with singer-songwriter Natalie Merchant? who, by the way, is formerly of the indie rock group 10,000 Maniacs? The answer is plenty. Natalie Merchant served as a judge for the New York State Poetry Out Loud competition in 2009, and she performed at the Poetry Out Loud National Finals in Washington, D.C. that same year. She also spent six years working on a project that set 19th and 20th century American and British poems about childhood to music. Using the text from poets as disparate as Edward Lear, Mother Goose, Gerard Manley Hopkins, Christina Rossetti, and Robert Louis Stevenson, to name a few, Merchant composed music that transformed the poetry into song. The result was a two-CD set called Leave Your Sleep. 
I spoke with Natalie Merchant a couple of years back when she had just finished recording Leave Your Sleep. We had used parts of the interview on the Artworks blog, but we never released the whole conversation. So now, in this week of the Poetry Out Loud finals, we reach into the archives to give you Natalie Merchant, speaking candidly about poetry and the poems and the music that would become Leave Your Sleep. I spoke with Natalie backstage right after the rehearsal for her performance at the POL National Finals. Given the setting, it seemed only appropriate to begin by asking her about her involvement with Poetry Out Loud. Natalie, you were a judge for the New York State Poetry Out Loud competition. I bet I was. How did that happen? Oh, I was aware of the competition, but serendipitously, I just got a random phone call from um, the New York State Alliance for the Arts, and uh, I just asked if I was interested. We called them back immediately (laughs) because... um, I had been to the website for Poetry Out Loud and uh, was really impressed by what I saw. Kids' performances, their recitations just blew me away. All of them had something inspirational in their performances and some kind of, something was illuminated in every poem by them. Natalie, poetry clearly means a lot to you. You spent years developing a project that sets existing poetry to music and it turned into a two CD set, Leave Your Sleep. I really shoehorned my way into this (laughs) event because not only am I a huge fan of the event, it just coincided perfectly with what I'm doing. And I I wrote to John Barr, who's the president of of the Poetry Foundation, and told him that I have the same mission that he does. What I wanted to do with this project that I've been working on for the last five years was take existing text and put it to music. A lot of the poets that I chose were British Victorians, um, early 20th century Americans, some mid 20th century, only two living poets. And that's something that they're encouraging is for kids to, to get a historical perspective on poetry and poets. And I wanted to make a really vibrant, living anthology of poetry because I never really considered myself a poet, but I'm a, I thought of myself as a lyricist, but it's basically pretty much the same thing. I write words to be accompanied by music, but I definitely write verses that stand alone as poetry. How did you get to the decision to use existing poetry as your lyric and inspiration? Gavin Bryars, who's a British, a contemporary British composer, is a friend of mine, and the Royal Shakespeare Company was going to do the complete works of Shakespeare. I had begun doing some poetry, but mostly children's poetry, lullabies, and uh, doing research mostly on children's poetry. And he asked me to put a sonnet to music, and I put the 73rd to music, and I have to admit, never read the sonnets. At least I'd read them in high school, but not all of them, and and I sat and read them all. (laughs) And I was struck by how this man who lived in the 16th century and I had so much in common about the way we looked at our experience of life, love, loss, yearning, disillusionment, so many of the constant themes of, of, of life, just the human experience, had not changed all these hundreds of years. And there was one line in, um, in the sonnet, bare ruined choirs, where late the sweet birds sang, in me thou seest the twilight of such a day. And uh, when I put it to music, it elevated it to me because it's difficult for me to, to recite poetry. <laughs> I'm more 
So it was Beirut and Quais where late the sweet bird sang. In me thou seest the twilight of such a day. It's almost like my, my understanding of all the poetry became deeper when I put it to music because I gave it an emotional quality that resonated in me. And, and it was like a reflection of what the poet, poetry made me feel and made it really personal. I internalized it and, it, and that was a kind of transformational aspect of the whole process, was to take it, this poetry that was just, to many people, just dead words on page and lift it up out of obscurity. And I'm not saying that the Shakespeare sonnets are obscure, but they were obscure in my life until I did that project. It's that engagement, I think, and I think that's what the students do as well. It's why we say we learn something by heart, mm -hmm. because it really isn't just about the memorization. Right. It's, it's by heart, mm -hmm. because there is a way. You have to take it into your heart to be able to give it back. That's a, another point. If a poem is successfully recited you've stepped into somebody else's skin. The poet asks you, see what I saw, feel what I felt, hear what I felt, you know, think what I thought. And that, that's a very empathetic experience for us to have. It's, I think that's why poetry enriches us. A poet can take common, everyday language and hold it up in front of a light so you look at it in a completely different way. When you were younger, mm -hmm. Did you like poetry? Did you have a relationship with poetry? Or was that something you came to as you got older? I wrote more poetry than I read. That might be true of a lot of young people. <laughs> and probably because free verse was liberating. I think in school you're just forced to do so much writing of prose that it, it really freed me up to... There were no rules, structural rules in free verse, and I found that really... Stimulating, but then I became a lyricist, and that's like becoming a master puzzle maker, because not, you're you're confined by the meter of the of the music, and your rhyme scheme only makes sense in, when you apply it within the framework, and it's very constrictive process writing lyrics. Do you ever think about? writing poetry, which isn't to say your lyrics are not poetic, but the music makes them complete. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think about just doing poetry? I have done a lot of writing, but I prefer, uh, to me it's a more complete art form to make the music. I mean, obviously I, I've now done it to other people's poetry. So <laughs> I like doing it to my own poetry, I want to do it to everybody's poetry. So... Um, if you're asking if, you, if I'll publish a book of poems, most likely not. I'll just continue writing words and putting them to music. Well, for which we're grateful, I might add. Thank you. <laughs> you mentioned broadly the poetry that you've set to music. Can you give us a couple of, of examples? I won't ask you about the living poets, because that might be awkward. Well, as far as the British Victorians, Christina Rossetti, Crying My Little One, uh, The Land of Nod by Robert Louis Stevenson, Apparently he was a very sick child. Mm. So when I was sick, my mother would always bring a child's garden of verses and Robert Louis Stevenson's poetry because her feeling was, he was sick, you're sick, read his poetry, you'll feel better. <laughs> but it gave him such a place in my heart. I lived in Hawaii for years, and Robert Louis Stevenson, on his doctor's advice in the last years of his life, lived in, in the tropics in the South Seas. And he spent time 
in Hawaii and on the island of Molokai, which was the place where the lepers were sent, exiled, taken from their families and, and exiled on this barren portion of Molokai. And he went to visit the leper colony and he was so disturbed by the conditions that they were living under that he bought them a piano. You know, he just felt that there was so much sadness. These, these people need me. <laughs> he had such luminescent eyes. And I love Robert Louis Stevenson's face. But that poem is, from breakfast all through the day, at home among my friends I stay, but every night I go abroad into the far off land of Nod. All by myself I must go, no one to tell me what to do. All alone beside the streams and up the mountainsides of dreams. In the land of night. All the strangest things are there for me. So um, what else did I do? Um, Edward Lear, of course. Calico Pie is what I chose. And I, something that I did really interesting with the songs is um, I decided to do every song in a different style of music, which was a, a logistical nightmare. <laughs> we had 120 musicians work, but one day we'd have a, like, Calico Pie, I did it in a bluegrass style. Wings of blue singing tilly tilly loo till away they flew, but they never came back to me. Uh, Christina Rossetti, I had Lunasa, which is the preeminent Irish traditional band, came over from Dublin and, and did a session. We did four songs together. I had Klezmer Band, I had a Chinese music ensemble. So I did The King of China's Daughter. That was something else I did was take very simple, because I had a child in the last five years, and I was looking at juvenile poetry because that's, that's where my life <laughs> has been for the last few years. And it's such a privilege to introduce a new person to language. She's so excited by particular words and the meanings of words and the usages of this, the versatility and the utility of language. And, and I wanted to show her language isn't just you know, for giving commands and requests. It's, it's for telling stories. And some of the most beautiful stories are told through poetry and memorizing rhymes. And it's a really wonderful thing. So the king of China's daughter, the king of China's daughter, so beautiful to see, with a face like yellow water, left a nutmeg tree. A little rope for skipping, she kissed and gave it me. Made of painted notes of singing birds among the fields of tea. 
I skipped across the nutmeg grove, I skipped across the sea, but neither sun nor moon, my dear, have yet caught me. A little rough for skipping, she kissed and gave it me, made a painted notes of singing birds among the fields of tea. It's surreal poetry. It sounds like a translation of Chinese classical poetry, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. You know, I wasn't familiar with that from my childhood. I was... When I was researching poetry, I found this Edith Sitwell poem where she incorporated the verses of King of China's Daughter in her own poem. I thought, this is an amazing poem. These random associations. And The Man in the Wilderness, I did as well, which is, I did with this group, of this young group of Israeli musicians called the Cardamom Quartet. And they do this kind of Sephardic tango music. It's a cello, a clarinet, an accordion, and then we had acoustic guitar and percussion. So every day was just a new experience. We had early music consort. We had a theorbo, lute, recorder, viola da gamba. We did the Sleepy Giant. I ended up writing 45 of these songs, and we recorded 30 of them. Wow. So it's a huge volume of of work and none such records is putting it out. It sounds like something your daughter is just going to treasure. I wanted to have a legacy. I wanted to have my sound of music or yeah. my my Alice in Wonderland or you know just a sophisticated that's what I set out to do originally was make an anthology of poetry that lives for children but as I got deeper into it I wasn't just satisfied with with poetry for children. I started Gerard Manley Hopkins poem, Spring and Fall. And, you know, a, a Jesuit poet from the eight, you know, 1800s. A friend of mine who's a professor of literature at Bard Co College, when I told her I was working on this project, she said, you have to put this to music. And the first time I read it, Margaret, are you grieving over Golden Grove on leaving? I just burst into tears and I didn't know exactly why. And I read the poem probably 10 times, and I felt it really deeply, but until I, I didn't understand really what I was reading. That's pretty mystical, I think, with poetry, that you can feel it but not be aware of why you're feeling it. But the last line, it's the blight we were born for, it is Margaret that you mourn for. It slays me. <laughs>
That was singer, songwriter, poetry lover, Natalie Merchant. You've been listening to Artworks, produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. Adam Campy is the musical supervisor. Excerpts from the following songs are from Natalie Merchant's CD, Leave Your Sleep. She composed the music and performed the songs. The Man in the Wilderness, Anonymous. The Land of Nod, text by Robert Louis Stevenson. Calico Pie, text by Edward Lear. The King of China's Daughter, Anonymous. Spring and Fall to a Young Child, text by Gerard Manley Hopkins. All used courtesy of Natalie Merchant and None Such Records. The Artworks podcast is posted every Thursday at arts.gov. And now you can subscribe to Artworks at iTunes U. Just click on the iTunes link on our podcast page. Next week, we mark Memorial Day with a conversation with Melissa Walker. She developed the Healing Arts Program for Veterans at the National Intrepid Center of Excellence at the Walter Reed Medical Center. To find out how art works in communities across the country, keep checking the Artworks blog or follow us at NEA Arts on Twitter. For the National Endowment for the Arts, I'm Josephine Reed. Thanks for listening. The in the wilderness asked me to tell all the sands in the sea and I counted them well he said with a grin and not one more I answered him now you go make sure Said with a grin, and not one more. I answered him. 
you go make sure. I answered him, now you, you go make sure. 